Hello, and thank you for joining us today for Frost and Sullivan's latest webinar from our Visionary Innovation Practice. Today's event is titled, Gen Z as Customers, Understand and Service the Unique Needs of This Generation. My name is Anna, and I oversee Frost and Sullivan's Growth, Innovation, and Leadership Briefings. Before we begin, I'd like to go over a few quick notes. We will have some detailed slides on today's presentation, so there's a full screen feature available in the lower right-hand corner of your webinar player. You can safely share this briefing at any time via social media, email, or blogs. Today's discussion will also be available on demand shortly after we finished. And don't forget to submit your questions throughout the session today. Our presenters are Lynn Golding, Principal Consultant here with our Visionary Innovation Group at Frost & Sullivan. Lynn has over eight years in strategic foresight consulting, a strong horizon scanning and trends analysis experience, focusing on the mega trends and emerging issues driving change in particular contexts and industries. Lynn also has experience in visioning and strategy. And also joining us today is guest speaker, Harel Patel. Harel Patel is from Barclays, and she's a European equity research, sustainable and thematic investing. Harel has over nine years in the financial services and banking industry. Harel has a strong knowledge of the European technology fintech and payments landscape, and she has launched two reports on Generation Z and smartphone addiction at Barclays. With that, I would now like to hand the presentation over to Lynn. Thanks, Anna. Um, good morning or good afternoon, everyone, where, depending on where you're dialing in from. Um, today, we are just going to talk a little bit about who Generation Z um, or Generation Z, if, you, if you're sitting in the Americas, are um, looking at some of the trends shaping this generation and what that means for both the workplace and Gen Z as customers, and also then looking at some of the companies and sectors appealing to Gen Z as customers. And really, we have decided to shine a spotlight on Generation Z as they will be an important customer base in the future. They currently make up a significant proportion of the global population and are said to have significant spending power. And they also are very different to previous generations, having been shaped by the era they've grown up in, as well as shifting social, technological, economic, and environmental trends. So just to look at who Gen Z are, um, generations are not scientific cohorts, and so they're not really any precise dates for when cohorts start and end. But for Gen Z, demographers and researchers typically use birth dates ranging from the mid-1990s to mid-2000s. And for the purposes of our own research, we have correlated this with United Nations population data to define Gen Z as being born between 1993 and 2007, with the oldest in the group aged 24. So they currently make up 24% of the global population, which is the largest cohort. And as I said, while generation cohorts are not scientific and there are regional variations, there are some commonalities based on global trends and the different eras they grew up in. So looking at um, Gen X, for example, they were born in the mid-60s to late-70s. 
they invented and pioneered a lot of the technology that subsequent generations grew up with. Gen Y, or also called millennials, are the first generation that will not do it financially as well as their parents did, um, in the West anyway. They are settling down later in life, with many of this cohort living with their parents well into their 30s. And Gen Y have really been pioneers in the digital age. They've witnessed the introduction and rise of social media, instant messaging, smartphones, and the mobile revolution. Gen Z, on the other hand, grew up in a post-9-11 and post-Great Recession world. And as such, they tend to be both socially liberal and financially conservative. They also digital natives, having grown up with a range of mobile technologies. So looking at Gen Z on a regional level, India, China, Indonesia, and the USA have the largest Gen Z populations. And together, India and China account for 34% of the global Gen Z population. And this pattern will only shift slightly by 2030 with Nigeria and Pakistan overtaking the USA. Within some developing countries, however, Gen Z makes a, a significant proportion of their national populations. So for example, Gen Z makes up over a third of the populations of both Nigeria and Ethiopia. And I just want to pause here quickly to make sure that I have people's attention. Um, I just wanted to run a very quick poll before we get into some of the characteristics of Gen Z. And I'll just hand over to Anna quickly to, to run this poll. Thank you, Lynn. Audience, yes, I have just pushed out our poll question, and we'll give everyone uh, about a minute to, uh, to answer, and we'll reveal the results immediately. But the poll question is, how long do you have to grab Gen Z's attention? Is it uh, 20 seconds, 12 seconds, or 8 seconds? We'll just wait a little while while we get some votes. I can see them coming in now. So if you could just vote, and then we will reveal the, the scores. Okay, Lynn, it looks like this is what we have. looks like we have 27% of our audience indicate 12 seconds and 72% of our audience indicate eight seconds. So most of you are right. Um, they do have an attention span of only eight seconds, which is four seconds less than millennials. Um, and they don't just have shorter attention spans, they also tend to juggle a lot more screens. So on average, they can juggle about five screens at once, whether that's a mobile device, an iPad, and a computer screen. And this makes Gen Z really difficult to reach um, from a marketing perspective, and it's why tactics like influencer marketing have become so effective. So just moving on to look at some of the key trends shaping Gen Z. And there are really a wide range of trends that will shape this generation, but today I'm just going to focus on a few impactful trends. I think rapid technological change is likely to be the most significant factors shaping this generation over the long term. It will lead to new jobs, new threats, and new opportunities. Artificial intelligence is one of these trends, and some experts predict that AI will transform the internet, the global economy, and even civilization itself. About 65% of children today will do jobs that haven't been invented yet. 
and many of these will require working with some form of artificial intelligence or automated technology, which means that the future will require a highly adaptive workforce. Digital lifestyles, um, Gen Z have grown up with smartphones and are proficient technology users. They are well informed knowing where to find information and how to use it. And they also tend to be much more aware of their online privacy than previous generations. Uh, but at the same time, they also like to leverage platforms like social media to bring about social, social change. An interesting concept um, is transhumanism, and this looks at a future where physical and mental capabilities of humans will be enhanced by advances in hardware and biological augmentation, including wearables and internal implants. And this is a trend that we are seeing starting today and that could ramp up in the future and could ultimately impact how Gen Z behave and communicate as they grow up. The third trend is looking at a much more heterogeneous society. So we're seeing much more diversity in terms of age. For example, we might see four generations in the workforce. Um, we're also seeing much more diversity in terms of income inequality and also in the skills required to live in a half automated and half manual world. Climate change is also a huge trend that will impact Gen Z over the long term. And we have seen the recent warnings over climate change indicating that we have just 12 years to limit climate change before major irreversible impacts occur. And it is really the younger generations who are, are likely to face a more unstable environment and greater instability due to extreme weather events. And because of this, Gen Z tend to be much more aware of the contributors to climate change and also will seek over the longer term to minimize their impact on the planet. Population growth is actually one of the most underrated trends, in my opinion, as Gen Z will grow up in a world feeling the pressures, feeling the pressures of rapid urbanization as well as population growth. By 2030, the global population is expected to reach 8.6 billion, and this is a growth rate of 83 million people per year. And so by the time Gen Z reaches an advanced age, the population will be closer to 11 billion people. So just imagine living on a planet with double the population we have now. And of course, these trends are all going to impact Gen Z in the workplace as well. So for example, the rise of artificial intelligence means that the skills which will be in most demand are those which combine uniquely human skills with technical ones. So social skills which re require emotional intelligence as well as creativity will become a lot more important. Um, and as in the past, those people whose jobs are at most at risk of disruption will be those who do routine or repetitive tasks whether these are cognitive, such as documenting information, or physical, such as moving objects. And Gen Z will really have the opportunity to move into new roles where repetitive tasks are taken care of by automation. And so we'll really start to see them complementing machine tasks with human skills, and these will be the most valuable in the future. This also, of course, means that we could see some polarization in terms of jobs. So the history of technological progress shows us that technology mainly causes a change in the nature of work rather than impacts the number of jobs. And with the rise of AI, middle wage and middle skilled jobs will decline as they become very automated. And so we might start seeing a hollowing out of the labor market as workers in routine middle-skilled jobs are affected and jobs start to be spread out to the lower and higher
skilled ends of the job market. And really, as digital natives, Gen Z will be well prepared to work in this kind of world and alongside AI, but they will need to stay ahead of a rapidly shifting skills environment. And so we really, this is really a generation that embodies connected lifestyles. Their reliance on technology will drive a number of markets that complement their digital lifestyles. They are used to constant connectivity, highly curated global information, on-demand video, and a 24-7 news cycle. And some of their favorite brands are video services such as YouTube and Netflix. And while millennials tended to subscribe to everything social, Gen Z tends to be much more conservative, preferring Snapchat, Secret, or Whisper to communicate. Gen Z are also independent, and they typically look for more freedom in their career than Gen X and millennials. They like to work alone, learn by themselves, and tend to have an entrepreneurial spirit. And they also tend to have a strong social context, sorry, social conscience, and want to be a force for good in the world. And these traits translate into a number of markets that cater really well to Gen Z. And as digital natives, Gen Z will drive connective lifestyles across car, home, health, and health applications. And so we're seeing a rise in the number of smartwatches, smartphones, wearables, and other sensor-based devices in an Internet of Things environment. And this really enables the use of various connected services. And we are likely to see these start to converge. And Gen Z also tends to be very comfortable with the notion of sharing assets, and they will continue to push and evolve the sharing economy model. So their mindset is, if I can use it without owning it, why buy it? Sorry, I just skipped one there. Let's just go back a second. So this graph just shows the size of the Gen Z population alongside patterns in tertiary education and private consumption levels. And this starts to reveal the priority markets for targeting Gen Z and customers. So this is just looking at some um, markets that have large Gen Z populations. And India and China have huge Gen Z populations and a very high number of graduates with high earning potential. Um, and so these will be important future markets, although their private consumption per capita is not yet as high as the U.S. Um, and the U.S. is a priority market in this sense, in terms of the size of the Gen Z population, as well as the high spending potential of this cohort. So who are Gen Z as customers? Um, they have a few quite clear traits um, based on, on research and surveys. They tend to be very independent and self-reliant. So with constant connectivity, Gen Z can find answers to queries with just a few, few clicks. And they really like to use peer reviews, product information, and retailer ratings to make smarter purchase decisions. They also are very impatient. They have, as I've mentioned before, they have very short attention spans. And they also have very high expectation of technology performance. So they have little patience for technology that is unresponsive or that encounters errors. And they also tend to really like innovative technology and companies that produce innovative technology. They tend to be very pragmatic, though, because they're financially conservative um, and have grown up in a post-recession era. About 75% of Gen Z say that the quality of the product, the availability of the product, and the value are actually the most important factors when deciding between brands. 
They also tend to be a lot less trusting of big brands, having been grown up by um, surrounded by easily available information as well as anti-establishment sentiment. Generally, those brands that embrace authenticity and transparency will find that consumers do the marketing for them, and those that fight it will continue to struggle with a highly aware Gen Z audience. And finally, they are very socially conscious, and they're much more likely to engage with a brand with clear environmental and social principles that can help them make a difference. So I just wanted to look at some of the brands that are resonating with Gen Z. And this is a poll from Google and YouGov. Um, and this looks at which brands Gen Z thinks are cool. So cool, in this case, um, is defined as brands that are unique, impressive, interesting, and innovative. And this is not a full list. You can actually find this full analysis um, via Google. But as you can see, technology platforms really dominate Gen Z's perception of the coolest brands. Um, they tend to like things like video games as well, with around 80% of teenagers between 13 and 17 owning or having access to a video games console. And Gen Z often hang out together playing video games as part of their socializing time. Another brand that really resonates with Gen Z is GoPro. And they've done this by successfully tapping into Gen Z's preference for authenticity by leveraging user-generated content. And this allows users to bring their own creativity and experiences to the brand. And GoPro lets the product speak for itself by allowing the brand to be a platform to inspire others. And it generates an endless stream of content that people really want to share. And it's also endorsed by usually by daredevils who appeal to Gen Z's desire for new, cool, and unique experiences. So just a few takeaways before I pass on to Hirol. Um, really, Gen Z will grow up in a world that faces increasing social and environmental pressures from population growth, climate change, growing inequality, and social unrest. And Gen Z, as, as a result, will be much more aware of these pressures than any generation before them. And so they're likely to become much more engaged with social and environmental causes and will expect leaders and brands to do the same. And so the companies that really embrace authenticity and play a positive role in society will find that Gen Z customers do much of their marketing for them via social media platforms. The future, of course, is also mobile, um, and Gen Z will really continue to demand that services and products are available on a mobile platform, and we are seeing social media as a direct platform for buying services um, will really start to grow in importance. And in the workplace, as we, we've spoken about, AI and automation will create entirely new jobs and lead to a shift in working environments. And Gen Z will really need to have flexible skill sets um, and much more skills around the social side to adapt to a fast-changing job market. So that is all from me. I will now pass on to Hirol, who will expand on some of the implications of uh, these trends to sectors such as retail and financial services. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for having me today as your guest speaker. Um, my name is Hirol Patel, and I work for Barclays in the Sustainable and Thematics Investing Team in London. And so I'm here today to present on a recent report we published on Gen Z, and we titled it Step Aside um, Millennials. 
I will focus on the sector implications. However, I just wanted to touch upon um, a summary of our key findings, which um, there should be an infographic on your screens. So though we define anyone born between 1995 and 2009 as a member of the Gen Z cohort, even though it's a slightly different um, definition, the message remains the same. That is, Gen Z have their own set of values and preferences which brands need to cater for, and more importantly, they're different to the millennials. I think too often we hear the word millennial being used as a synonym for anyone that may be perhaps young today, and that fixation with the word millennial hasn't involved with time, given as Lynn mentioned earlier, millennials are not necessarily young anymore. So in terms of our analysis, we focused on four different areas which should be on screen, um, technology, financial habits, values, and lifestyles. Um, to avoid duplication, I won't go through um, all of the um, differences on screen. However, I think the important thing to understand here is that we use this understanding to identify the 10 key Gen Z characteristics which we have on the right-hand side. We identified them as tech innate, not knowing what life before social media looked like. They're savvy. They value the feeling of it being informed and super entrepreneurial. They're independent, um, shaping up to be financially conservative. And as Lynn mentioned, they're also social activists and we focused. In terms of what to do with this, um, we argue that the coming of age of Generation Z will represent a large market opportunity. By 2020, they'll actually be the largest group of consumers worldwide, um, making up 40% of the market in the US, Europe, and the BRIC countries. Um, actually, in the US, it's estimated that Gen Z will command $200 billion of direct buying power by 2020, and a further $1 trillion of indirect buying power, given the level of influence they have on family expenditure. Actually, according to IBM, 93% of parents say their Gen Z children influence household purchases. And actually, if we look on the right-hand side of this screen, this is particularly true for not only daily activities like food and beverages, but that indirect influence holds true of particularly large ticket items like travel, um, household goods, and furniture. Well, I'm sure many of you can relate to pester power. Um, I guess having this level of influence at such a young age is not encouraging, um, not only encouraging self-education, but it's also transfer, transforming Gen Z into hyper-informed consumers of the future. When it comes to sector implications, we focus our analysis on four key sectors, financial services, retail, internet, and media, as we believe these consumer-facing industries are the closest to Generation Z today. We worked closely with our internal sector experts to assess the company's business models and their level of exposure, which aim to classify companies according to those 10 key Gen Z characteristics that we identified earlier. Starting with financial services, when it comes, like millennials, Generation Z are less trusting of banks and they do want a strong mobile first offering. They have been seen as having done more to further their knowledge of financial matters. You'd actually be surprised by how many YouTube videos exist in regards to personal finance for teenagers. It's actually really interesting to see their view towards traditional institutions within financial services. For example, 71% would rather go to a dentist than listen to what the banks have to say. And 33% believe they won't need a bank in five years and are open to switching banks in the next 90 days. 
I guess you could say historically banking preferences were sticky in nature. However, not even just the Gen Zs, but also the millennials have shown such loyalty is eroding, which is forcing traditional institutions to find new ways of developing customer engagement. The key trend within the Gen Z population at the moment is the concept of cherry picking. And by that, I mean the rise of fintech who have been able to disrupt certain areas within the value chain such as peer-to-peer -peer payments and foreign exchange. I guess for us, the more compelling implication is that Gen Z within financial services are more likely to envision a future landscape within financial services involving big tech. So for them, big tech has successfully developed trust through familiarity, given that Gen Z interacts with such brands on a daily basis. And so the surveys say, show sorry, that when um, Gen Zs were questioned about the idea of Bank of Amazon, they loved it because for them, Amazon was a brand they trusted. Moving on to financial um, retail sector, the key thing here is that Gen Z shoppers view consumption decisions through a more sharper and hyper-informed lens. They have a skill for filtering. They invest the time to compare product reviews and are not hesitant to shop around for value and quality. Compared to the millennials, we argue that Gen Z have a much larger gap between looking for a product and making a purchasing decision, something which we call aspirational browsing. We actually refer to Gen Z as infosumers in this report because they're less likely to indulge in um, impulsive purchases. Another key finding is actually they're driving the migration to digital experiences within the retail sector, which is that combination of digital aspects into a physical space. I guess this came as a surprise to us when writing this report, as we see online shopping would be the only channel for this cohort. So don't get me wrong, they love shopping online, but they're also taking that time to go into the store, to touch their products, and to also update their followers on social media where they are. Accenture actually found that 60% of Gen Zs like shopping in store, and even those that buy online, 50% will go into a store first to research the product. And I guess what we've seen is that companies have started to leverage this. For example, in certain Mac cosmetic stores, there are now selfie areas which encourage users to upload um, photo content. Even within food retail, you're seeing the likes of John Lewis in the UK trial yoga classes in store. We believe there's room for retail players to differentiate by promoting, one, the importance of ethical consumerism, for example, by providing further information on sourcing, encouraging recycling, and promoting sustainability within the company's brand values. Our, sur um, our surveys and research found that actually H&M um, are really good at this and is a popular brand amongst the Gen Z cohort. There's also a need to make sure that the content on social media is authentic, and I guess authentic's become the big buzzword within any discussion on Gen Z, but I think it has huge implications for the retail industry. Companies that have been doing well over the last 12 months within the Gen Z cohort are the ones that actually promote um, plus-size models or photos that are not Photoshopped. So, for example, the ASOS campaign this year, um, which showed the model stretch mark, for example. Um, in terms of new business models, we identified the concept of renting um, as well as personalization with ideas such as you know, 3D printing, AI stylists, and AR holograms to deliver those immersive experiences to the Gen Z cohort.
within internet, I, I'm not going to say how, many, how much time Gen Z are spending on social media. I think it's pretty obvious. It's a lot, and it's much more than the millennials. I think the important thing here is to understand how Gen Z are using it differently to the millennials. Um, for example, we found that Gen Z are 60% more likely to have downloaded a personal ad blocker on their phone. And this, had, this actually has a huge implication for some of the advertising business models we have seen within the internet, with, which actually a study found that Gen Z skips an advert three seconds quicker than, say, a Gen X. Um, in terms of um, combining their love for visuals and their preference for um, snackable content, as Lynn mentioned, it's no surprise that Gen Z prefers apps like Instagram and, um, and Snapchat on social media. The key trend that has emerged this year is actually that for Gen Z, Facebook is not cool. They prefer not to spend much time on it, given potentially their parents or their grandparents are on it. And what we're seeing at the moment is actually that, don't get me wrong, Gen Zs are still on Facebook, but they have very skeleton um, profiles. They have very basic presence. Um, in terms of um, what we think is working well, we feel that brands that protect their users, particularly against fake news or socially intolerant content, are likely to do well, as well as companies that embrace the concept of um, digital well-being. Um, within media, uh, moving on to the fourth um, and last sector implication, I guess for them, Gen Z, Netflix is truly a verb for this population. They probably don't even know what um, cable is. They are the most marketed, child, to, marketed to children of all time, and thus from a young age are much more aware of advertising. Their primary goal is to get to content faster and thus are more discriminating on adverts that invade their personal domain. We have seen in the industry um, that new business models have emerged, such as e online streaming, but even that is becoming a crowded space, which is increasing that pressure on content. Gen Zs always want their hands on new differentiating content. And so what we've seen in the industry is that many of these large um, companies, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music, have invested a lot of money to, um, to build out live streaming, um, developing engaging advertisement, and even AI-derived personalization. For example, Netflix is now currently piloting the use of AI personalized trainers, trailers sorry, to po promote their original um, content. On the screen, we have a summary slide of what we've discussed, including the companies um, at the bottom, which we feel are well positioned. Um, in terms of my concluding thoughts, I guess even as Generation Z enter their prime, we found that many companies have yet to prepare for their arrival. We found that many companies are either still trying to adapt their business models to the millennials or are hoping to reuse whatever strategies they've developed for the millennials on the Gen Z. And we would argue that adopting such a homogenous approach will deliver unsuccessful results. Um, we believe brands that take on board those 10 key Gen Z characteristics are likely to do well, with a key differentiator being those that are able to have a two-way relationship with a cohort that is not only savvy, but hyper-informed. Um, thank you very much for having me today, and I'll hand it back to Lynn. Thanks, Cyril. Um, if there are any questions or feedback uh, from the audience, if you could just ask them now, um, and hopefully Anna will be able to 
um, pull those together. So let's just give a couple of minutes to see whether we have any feedback or questions coming through. Okay, Lynn, thank you so much. I see that we have a couple of questions from our audience, so I'll start with the first one here. Could you comment on Gen Z, rather, could you comment on how Gen Z will change the transportation and mobility market? Thanks, Anna. Yeah, um, I think that's something we've you know, we're really interested in as well. And considering some of the trends like urbanization as as well as a lot of mobility trends, I think it's really likely that um, younger generations like Gen Z will choose whichever mode gets them from A to B most efficiently. So they'll tend to be quite mode agnostic. Um, they'll choose their transportation mode based on preferences such as time or cost or environmental impact. And as we know, many cities globally um, are encouraging shared and public transport over private vehicle ownership. So this will really impact on how Gen Z choose to travel, especially in urban areas. But saying that car makers are also responding um, and they're trying to adapt to the changing preferences um, of younger consumers. And we see a number of, of car makers sort of developing new models or, or products for this generation. So we're seeing also the rise of new technology platforms. So for example, Geely Volvo has launched a new global brand called Lincoln Co. And it offers two big innovations. So it offers a subscription-based buying model for the vehicle, as well as a car sharing function where you can press a button in the car um, and potentially share it with, with other users. So these are really both features geared towards a younger population. And, and this is hopefully something we're going to be expanding on in this sector as well. Thank you, Lynn. And uh, our next question reads, are there regional differences in Gen Z characteristics and the markets they influence? Uh, yes, I would say certainly are regional variations, um, although I don't think there's been much research into this as yet. We haven't seen sort of very regional-focused research. It's been quite global in nature, um, and many of the trends are global, but how they kind of play out in different regions becomes quite context-specific. So this is something we're hoping to do in our research next year, actually, in our next phase. So we've looked um, like Barclays have, have at uh, who Generation Z are as customers. And we're really hoping to look next year um, using consumer research to understand some of the impacts um, across different markets. Thank you, Lynn. I see that we do not have any more questions from our audience. Um, so we're going to conclude today's presentation, unless you have any, any final remarks, um, Harrell or, or Lynn, before we close everything out. I think that's it for me. Thanks, Harrell, for joining, and thanks um, to everyone who's joined today. And feel free, again, to share this um, web, webinar with, with your colleagues or, or with anyone else um, who you think would benefit from it.
Okay, thank you so much. Again, what I have done is I have um, pushed out our slide for our contact details. So if there's any additional questions or feedback, please reach out to Lynn, and you can also reach out to our Global Corporate Communications Manager, Fran. Uh, we want to thank everyone for their time, and uh, for those that have just joined us, the on-demand recording will be available shortly. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of your day.